This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, I want to start off by thanking you all who attended the NABC USHBC Spring Conference and meetings last week. I sure enjoyed all of the presentations and getting to connect with many of you as possible, albeit in a virtual format. If you missed any of these sessions, we will put a link in the show notes of this episode that you can use to watch the recordings. Also, just a quick reminder here, it's still frozen food month. This is the second power period for Grab a Boost of Blue. And if you haven't picked up your toolkit, make sure you do so right away at ushbc.org slash frozen boost. We could probably make full podcast episodes out of all of the great content and sessions last week. It was fantastic. There were certainly a lot of great information shared from all involved. And we were so grateful for all of those who participated as presenters and people who were there to share. But rather than put together a full highlight reel, I thought we would just share one insightful session that I thought would be a great addition to you, our podcast listeners. What you're about to hear is a fireside chat where Cindy Jewell of Jewell Marketing interviews Jeff Cady, who is the Director of Produce and Floral at Topps Market based in Buffalo, New York. Now, Cindy and Jeff discuss retail challenges and opportunities post-COVID-19, but they also provide a look at how berry sales and landscape has changed. Now, most of you either know Cindy or at least remember her from our other episode, episode 32, where we talked to her and Jeff Malensky about Grab a Boost of Blue. She's the president of Jewel Marketing, a marketing firm that was established to serve produce industry brands. But she's also been working very closely with us at the USHBC on developing our retail relations program. Prior to starting her consulting business, she was also the executive vice president for the California Strawberry Commission and served as the vice president of marketing for Cal Giant. Many of you know. Cindy will be interviewing Jeff Cady, who is the Director of Produce and Floral for Topps Market. And over the past 35 years, Jeff has held multiple produce and floral roles with Giant Eagle and Finest Supermarkets, which later then merged to Topps. Cady is active with the Produce Marketing Association and also with United Fresh, where he served on their board of directors. In 2020, he earned the Produce Retailer of the Year Award from PMG and the Retail Merchant Innovation Award 2020 from PMA. With that brief intro, I'm going to turn things quickly over here to Cindy and Jeff. I hope you enjoy this insightful conversation. Thanks for being here. So I guess before we get into the whole meat of this interview, can you just give us off the top of your head your, um, like, what's going on now at your stores? Are you completely back open, normal operating hours, fully staffed? So the stores are are mostly, I mean, again, what's normal, right? But we're not normal March 20, you know, 20, pre the break there, the second week. But uh, we're pretty much open. The hours are there. Staffing, for the most part, we're, you know, looking for help, just like uh, everybody else. We're always looking for help. I mean, again, so hard to believe there's any jobless issue. But anyways, we're always looking for help. And uh, yeah, so the stores are back uh, running 
fairly normal. I think some things, you know, are going to stay, you know, for, for temporarily. But but I know New York just lightened up some restrictions just as of this week. So, again, we haven't really had a chance to digest that and see exactly where it's going to take us or if it's going to impact us in our operations. Right. So let's talk about some good stuff. What are some of the positives that came out of 2020 specific to produce and berries? I think people, those who didn't know, real quick figured out that berries are good for you and they have antioxidants and they're, you know, they're part of the solution for immunity and those type of things. I think people figured it out really quick and I think uh, it brought a lot of people in and they started buying it and they became loyal weekly shoppers of that item. We had a great showing. We're healthy. I don't think we sell anything bad that I can think of. We Now, we do cross the line on some, believe me, I, I have some maybe chocolate-covered raisins in there somewhere, but that's very small. <laughs> Even chocolate-covered blueberries, for that matter. I have some of those, too. <laughs> yeah, that's not all bad. Yeah, that's not all bad. Did you see a, a greater increase in your berry sales and specific to blueberries in 2020, I guess, more than you had projected early on? I would say for sure, um, you know, again, obviously with everything that happened, I, I measured how I would measure the, the berry categories and for all, all the folks that have been on other webinars and they talk about how produce performed during this and how vegetables soared and how fruit, you know, was down below that, still up for sure. Well, berries were aligned closer to how vegetables were performing. The fruits that were pulling it down were not berries and, and, and those type of, the, you know, vitamin C type items and those things. So the berries, yeah, they basically mimic the growth curve of, of vegetables for the most part. Mm-hmm. Always good to hear that. So early on, um, there were definitely concerns about demand and shopping behavior. And then, you know, shoppers kind of created a whole new pattern for themselves coming in on a different day of the week, coming in less often, but buying more. Do you see this as an ongoing trend? And how does that affect how you're going to buy going forward? Are you going to mm-hmm. Follow that trend? You see them going back a little? Like, Yeah, I mean, I would say there's probably some back and forth, but I would say the trend's going to stick, I would say, for quite some time. I mean, I think people got used to, you know, buying their needs for the week, and I think they had a good experience. I mean, you know, specifically, you know, you're talking, you know, an item like blueberries. I mean, it has good legs, you know, at store level. So you can certainly buy one Sunday, and it can last you the week. Hopefully, they're buying four and five of them for sure. That's the hope. And, you know, again, I think that that trend will continue. But I, I think some people will go back to they're going to come into the store and hit, you know, the prepared food section, stop by, you know, grab fruit cups and berries because eventually they go back to work. I mean, I'm not saying 100 percent, but people will eventually leave their homes. So talking about that a little bit more, um, you know, blueberries typically have a lot of different pack sizes. Speaking about packaging, we finally got away from that 4.4, but. Do you see us moving to a larger everyday pack size? I think it would be the right move. It's the move we're trying to, to push. We're, we've really been putting a lot of focus on the bigger pack. We, we carry an 18 here. Is, is, well, that's the one I, I, I really try to go after. You know, We do the pints, obviously, still the lion's share, but we're trying to move folks that way. We're trying to get away from the six ounces, but with the way you know, the, the crop goes throughout the course of the year that sometimes you don't really have a choice if you're looking, at least at this point, if you're looking to have something that you can, you know, go to market with to kind of stretch out supply. I hate to cut in on this engaging conversation, but I do want to take a moment for our crop report. As most of you know, South America production is wrapping up and we're eagerly anticipating the domestic crop. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. 
It's time now for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry areas around the globe. Today you'll hear from Luis Vegas from Peru and Mario Ramirez from Mexico. This report was recorded on March 24th, 2021. Afternoon, everybody. This is Luis from Pro Arandanos with the crop report from Peru until the end of week 11, which is the week from ending on March 21st. So Peru is reaching the end of its season. We are seeing a really small amounts of shipping during this week, the previous weeks, and we expect a shipments over two to three more weeks till until we re- reach the end of the season. So up until this point. Peru has shipped a total of 358 million pounds worldwide, uh, which represents an increase of 35% versus the volume shipped on the previous season. Uh, From this total volume, 53% has been shipped to the US. Uh, During week 11, a total of 0.4 million pounds were shipped from Peru, uh, a slightly higher amount than last year when we shipped 0.3 million pounds during the same week. So that's the report for Peru for week 11. Uh, we are seeing just the, 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 the last shipments of the season over the course of the next weeks. Thank you very much. Hi everyone, here Mario from the Statistics Department in Aneberris. This week we grow 9% in volume respect to the last week. And we will keep increasing the volumes for the next four to five weeks because we are reaching our season peak. The 11th week, we exported a total of 6,700,000 pounds to all the world. And of this volume, 6,400,000 pounds went to North American market. The total volume for Mexican season is 70,200,000 pounds. It is a 22% higher than the last season. And for the actual week, we expecting to export 7 million pounds. That's the Mexican Blueberries Report. See you next week. Now I want to take this opportunity to thank our colleagues from obviously here, Peru and Mexico, who take the time to participate in these crop reports. We're grateful for their continued participation and letting all of you know what's happening in these regions and blueberry production. And we're pleased to offer this in real time as part of our podcast. Now let's head back to our conversation on blueberries in retail with Cindy Jewell and Jeff Cady. So, um, Let's talk about your promotional plans for blueberries this year, because it looks like even if people don't get back outside, they're still buying a lot of blues. What's your benchmark? Is it 2020? Is it 2019? Are you creating a new one? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, obviously the big question, right? What do, you, what do you look for? Obviously, 2020, we're going to take some learnings from, for sure. Um, specifically the latter part of it. I mean, the latter part of it, I mean, where maybe some of the, you know, people got used to it a little bit, maybe some of the restrictions were a little lighter. So we we think that there's still going to be sufficient growth. So we'll look at 2019. And I, if I were to throw a dart at a number, you know, I know globally for produce, I'm thinking eight or 10%, probably up over 2019 at this point. And, and berries have been beating that curve for the past few years. Blueberries, you know, one of those huge drivers of it. And so we do expect that to exceed our, our produce you know, growth trend of what I'm thinking around 8 to 10% up over 2019. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with. I have to wipe out the highs and lows of, the, of quarter two for 2020 just because it was so dramatic, as we all know. Yeah, no kidding. 
we're seeing demand increasing for blues because of this whole immunity boosting component that we have. Are you attributing some of this um, increase in demand for blues because of the immunity boosting factor? And how are you promoting that in your stores? We utilize some of the, there's commissions, obviously commissions, and they get the, the information to us. We put it at the point of sale. We use it in our ads as well. We talk about the, the, the properties, you know, the nutrients and all that stuff. That's something we do commonplace. Um, it's it's the right thing to do. But I, I do attribute a lot of the, the growth to those things. It's, we're fortunate enough to be selling a product that is, you know, very, very good for you and has so many positive things, you know, associated with it. So, yeah, it's a win. I think people are going to continue to uh, to move in that direction. Yeah, that's great. So um, we're always looking at the whole category and really trying to look at how each very type contributes to the whole category. And I always think it's interesting from from the retail point of view, how you look at berries in your produce department. Do you look at them as one big category and they all complement each other? Do you position them in your promotions and ads as a group or do you really look at them individually? Yeah, well, I think the word I would use is complementary items, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it varies um, from season to season promotion, whether we put them together or not, but I can tell you that uh, beside, with the exception of strawberries, which I think, you know, we know what that is, blueberries by far get the most singular type promotions in and of itself. So where I'm not afraid to say, I'm gonna just put a blueberry in the ad, that's it. There's no other berry with it. It can stand on its own two feet. When we hit the Jersey season, the machine, you know, all the, all the prime times and, and we, we hit the seasons, we are not afraid to go after it. Uh, and it does very, very well for us. And we bucket items, in our stores, like is like which one drives you know high traffic penetration, just like everybody else does. And blueberries specifically, depending on the right time of year, it is definitely up there um, with the, some of the biggest traffic moving items in the store that we have. And I'm asked with frequency to see if we can't get that item in the ad. So I know I moved it into the ad for that one coming up. The VP of marketing was very pleased with that move. So I, I pulled another berry out. I won't say which one. I, I inserted blues and. They were very pleased with that because that, that puts them in a better favorable position. So. Right. So if you have one berry type on ad, do you see a lift with all berries? As a rule, you do, because the goal is right to put that on sale and, and then drive people to the home category. Uh, and in a lot of instances, you'll put something in the ad and then you'll move an item that's not in the ad near that ad item, another berry type to get that incremental sale. And that right. usually works very, very well for us. Well, just, yeah, just keep the blues right there in the middle of everything. Oh, yeah, they go right, yeah, right up front, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as a result of this pandemic and all the craziness going on, are you seeing any shifts with organic versus conventional? Yeah, yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Again, it's like the tale of two differences. Right out of the gate, it wasn't obviously a big deal. People were just happy to see anything on the shelf. But now that they're both on the shelf, organic has really... I would say at least doubled the growth, depending on the, you know, the item you're talking about of the produce growth. And I would say tripled is probably the closer one I would use. So I wouldn't have, I don't know if I, if I would have predicted that because all you kept hearing about everybody was going to be hard pressed for money and that type of stuff. And then you think, oh my gosh, well, guess what? There's just as many people that do have money that don't. So organic obviously has that halo effect of regardless of the facts and what we all believe, it has that halo effect that yes, it is better and oh yeah, it's worth the money and I'd say the industry's done a good job of making sure that the products there and the supplies there and the cost isn't so far out of bounds where we're being 
you know, so far at the shelf off. So, you know, you're not like twice as much more organic as a conventional. So we've really got that down, narrowed the gap to make it like, hey, it's a good choice for a dollar more or whatever it is, you know, whatever that case you know may be, it's worth it. So that's how I see that. It's, that's crazy. Now, do you put your organic with your conventional or do you put them in a separate organic display? Yeah, we integrate. We made that decision probably, uh, again, we've done it back and forth over the years since organic's been around. So uh, I've done both segregated and integrated. For me, uh, made up my mind is uh, when I was looking for shampoo, lo and behold, I'm, I'm going up there and like the organic shampoos over in the section. I go, I just want all my selections right here so I can narrow this down. There's 500 SKUs in this stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm being a little facetious. But anyways, yeah, I like to keep everything so people can make a good decision at the point of sale. I don't want this hunters. Now, there are some stores, and I would say some meaning, I think, five out of our 160 stores that I allow to have a segregated section because the consumer dictates that. The percentage is so high in those stores where I do it. But your, your average top store, it's integrated. Nice. Speaking of shoppers and preferences... So clearly there's all kinds of opportunities to shop these days without ever leaving your couch. I guess it's interesting to see how this online curbside, you know, delivery beast will move forward. Can you talk a little bit about your online shopping growth and and what you see happening in 2021 or what your prediction is? (laughs) Yeah, really what the prediction is. So I predict it won't be, as strong as March and April of last year. I can predict that. I don't think it's going to go to those levels. But I think, you know, we've seen over the past six months, it has been a steady number for us, uh, maybe slightly growing, but it's been up there. It maintained the growth when it came out. And people have got accustomed to doing that, to either picking it up online, whatever the case may be. They've got used to it. And I don't see it going away. I I don't. I don't see it going away at all. I do think people are going to come back to stores too. But I think that online. I mean, again, you click, it shows up and, you know, we've done a, a good job, I think overall as an industry and, you know, retail industry to get product into your house in a timely manner. So yeah, I don't see it's going away. I think the one thing that would have maybe stopped people before was like, I would order today and I couldn't get it for five days from now. We absorbed that a little bit. Now we're able to get same back to same day, you know, and, and really hone in and, and that uh, meets the demand of the consumer. So Right. So do you use Instacart or what online system? Yeah, we're Instacart, right. Yeah, Instacart's good. It's uh, it's a solid performer. Again, I have my visions, but I'm I'm a produce director, so <laughs> one day I'll sit down and I and I'll I'll talk about designing what I think the perfect uh, online store is, but that's not today. <laughs> yeah. That's the next one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the next one. I've been really curious, and I don't know if anybody listening is really curious, but I think it's really interesting to think about how the whole online shopping curbside delivery thing, how that costs and what like how that affects your costs, your labor to manage this whole new channel, and if consumers are buying more, and how should us as an industry be capitalizing on this channel? You know, yeah, capitalizing on the channel is in tough. How do you how do you break into that barrier, right? It, it is. It's 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 going to be a challenge. But I'll speak to the cost piece of it first. So yeah, it's obviously it's more of an expense to get you know have someone come in, pick the product, put it out, and you know the Instacart model is is a good model. We've actually during this used some of our labor in store um, and shifted them to help along and do like a parallel pick, so to speak, to try to mitigate some of those costs. So we've had some success with that. Um, it helps obviously the fill rate and everything as well. 
So that helps. But yeah, that that is a, it's a tough question to answer. And, you know, how do we, you know, you know, get this in, in front of people and how do we sell, you know, more produce, more blueberries? How do we how do we sell it online? It's tough. You're going up against CPG companies that are, you know, obviously, I think if you go to one of the websites, I'm, I'm sure you're going to see, you know, a CPG item or two or 10 up at the top. It's up to us as you know, marketers, and, and you know, we all wear that hat in some shape or form. How do we make sure that that is towards the top of said platform? And, and again, a lot of that has to do with promotion. Because if it's not promotion, I can always at least get it. I know it bubbles to the top. And again, there's a lot of improvement needs to be made so to help us. But I don't know if I necessarily have the answer to that question because it's such a, a big question. There's so many things about online that I think all of our fears is, listen, until they come up with a scratch and sniff screen, I mean, it's going to be a challenge to, you know, give people like now they walk in, they can smell the aroma of the fruits and vegetables and, you know, the computer screen. No, I know it burns. I smell it burning sometimes because it's on so much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's we're, I think we're still on that learning curve. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. I think what it looks like today and what it looks like probably two years from now is going to be very much different because we're going to need to, to make it different. Was it uh, necessity is the mother of all invention? But we have a need and, and it will be invented to figure out how we get more you know space up there and how we get it in front of our consumer. Right. And so I'm excited to see where it goes and I'll be more than happy to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a quick break right here because I'm excited to announce the return of our Marketing Boost segment. We'll be right back with Cindy and Jeff in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing Communication, Jenny Sparks. Thank you, Casey. We all know that in this increasingly crowded digital world, the key to great marketing is content. And good content, the kind that strategically targets and captures an audience's attention, takes time and resources. Whether you're a blueberry grower, marketer, retailer, or food professional, we've got you covered. Our website, ushbc.org, has undergone a strategic overhaul to provide you with a wealth of research, tools, and materials. The new design helps you easily find these professional marketing assets at your fingertips to save you time. You'll find newly developed photos, videos, recipe cards, social media content, digital ads, and even QR codes to further inspire and educate your customers. And be sure you're taking full advantage of the new Grab a Boost of Blue branding. The blueberry industry's call to action to not just capture consumers' attention in a big way, but drive them to buy and keep coming back for the best fruit in the berry category. You'll find everything you need in the Grab a Boost of Blue toolkit on the website. Just consider ushbc.org your go-to ad agency, and so much more. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership, as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Back to you, Casey. Thanks, Jenny. Now it's back to the retail conversation with Cindy Jewell and Jeff Katie. The other thing about what's happening at stores is, I mean, clearly... Food service has suffered greatly over this last year, and hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that opening up soon. But, I mean, people are tired of cooking at home. I mean, they've been doing it for a year now. Are you shifting some of the space in store to, to some of the grab-and-go cheater hack type options for consumers that don't want to cook but want to 
like they did cook. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, those things exist and those things are growing rapidly. And I would say that those are those are definitely outpacing, you know, core produce. I mean, the grab and go convenience type items, they are all doing very, very well. So where they initially had the wall, but now now they're yeah, they're outpacing the trend uh, significantly, at least in our four walls. So uh, and we continue to try to grow that and find the right mix of items and, and you know, the ones that are convenient and give the customers what they're demanding. You know, again, if it's that, you know, they want a little cup of blueberries on the way to work out. Finally, now the gyms are open. You know, we have that option for them, right? If they want blueberries in a parfait cup, we got that. I mean, you know, so anything they ask for, you know, a shorter, we haven't juiced it yet, but I know there's blueberry juice out there. We don't juice it in store yet, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The last thing I'm going to say with blueberries and growers, you know, marketers, Listening to your comments here today, this is a great opportunity for you to kind of let industry know how they can really increase berry sales through your stores. Like, what are some of the simple things that they can be doing today to really help move more volume? Obviously, I think it all comes down to communication with, I think, the, the buying community, letting us know and being as transparent as possible with, uh, with the supply, what you have, when you think you're going to have it. Hedge your bets a little bit. Use your instincts and intuition that you've had and you know a lot of people have a lot of years in the industry and you know get with the buyers and 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 try to drum up excitement that way and say hey we're going to have a lot of product or bumper crop whatever the case may be or we're going to have product in this particular time just communicate with us because i think most of most most retailers are hungry for those opportunities we want to get the food out there not just for the sales i mean that's obviously the primary piece of sell more blueberries for sure but we know we're doing the right thing so we want to make sure we get that in front of our consumer I would say that um, something that I thought that we've done, and I say the industry, and I, and I know Blueberry folks have done a great job with this, is that in the past, um, you know, I think there have been some times when blueberries probably didn't eat as well as they could. And I know over the course of time, you continually test and, and, and you've changed and the blueberry quality is just Five years ago, I would hear something with frequency. I don't know. I can tell you the times of years. I know most folks on the call probably know when those were that I would hear stuff from leadership. What's going on? Why is this like that? I, I tell you what, I, I think we have, and the industry has done a nice job of perfecting that a little bit more. And I know there's more work to do. There always is, right? There's always work about eatability because to me, the number one thing to how we can sell more is about consistency and flavor. When I open that package, it tastes the same or it tastes damn good every time. That's the key, really, because, yeah. you know, folks are spending good money. And I think we can all name a product that you know, every time I open, you know, Cheerios, rest assured, they taste like Cheerios. I, again, we're dealing with Mother Nature. I get it. But I think the consumer is, is looking for that. And I think we've done a great job doing it. I, I do. And I think we're going to sell a lot more product because we continually work on that and improving the taste profile, because that's really where it's at. It's about taste profile consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. You talk about communication and transparency, but I know that you're a consumer of information and news. You probably get a ton of news on your phone and on your computer every day. Mm -hmm. Is it helpful for industry and for even for the Blueberry Council to be sending you updates on what's happening with crop information? And like, do you need more information on weather that you don't already get from five other sources? I mean, what's, what's the best way to provide you with timely information? Blueberries are a big item, and, and I like information, and I may not read it every day, but if I read it once a week and I'm honing in on the blueberries and I want to get an update, I like that information. I wouldn't hold back anything. 
I don't get information overload. Listen, I could be reading an email and looking at my phone at the same time and I'm getting information and it's helping me make better decisions and, and it keeps me in touch. And obviously, right, it's my job to advocate for the consumer and it's your job to tell me when the best time to go after it is. And so right. just get it to me and, and I'll and I'll make it happen. I, I don't take any offense to it, but I, yeah, we need the information specifically about big items. Like blueberries are a very big item for us. Well, that's awesome to hear. We appreciate it. And um, I've enjoyed having a chat with you today. Yeah, great. No, I listen, I love talking. No, it's great about, especially about blueberries. Yeah. Produce. I love it. So, and I know you do too. So. Well, I look forward to seeing the grab of boost of blue logo in your stores very soon on blueberry packaging and in signage and hopefully in your ads. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got a lot of grower shippers listening to you today as well as the council. So let's keep this moving forward. We've got a long year ahead. Right, right. No, for sure. And we talked about it in the past, but I've got to get my marketing people in touch with everybody's marketing people and they, and they can help us drive this. There are some people that that's what they do here. At least I'm sure almost every retailer has someone who's doing marketing, you know, helping with marketing. So we just need to make sure that they're all connected and we can move this forward uh, pretty seamlessly. Yeah. Are we going to see you at a live convention this year? Yes, you will see me at a live convention. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to probably wait till it gets a little warmer. You know, I like cool weather here in Buffalo, New York. So I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hate to leave that snow, huh? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I hate to leave it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do if I see green. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Thank you. Great seeing you, Cindy. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Cindy and Jeff. I sure did. I think there are a few great takeaways in there about what's happening in retail. You can watch all of these recorded sessions online, so click at the link provided in the show notes to get more of the great information shared last week. And that's it for episode 40. Thanks so much for the continued support of this podcast. If you haven't yet, please take 30 seconds and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast so we can spread the word about this incredible industry. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on The Business of Blueberries.